This is Property Matters, a weekly catch-up on all matters property, supported by Fairview International Property Consultancy and auctionproperty.co.uk. And we're live every Sunday from 10am on YouTube, Facebook and on our website, propertymatterstv.co.uk. And if you're watching on our website, we'd love you to leave us one of those Google reviews. Just hit the button on the homepage and leave us a short review. Please get involved by adding your comments in the comments section. If you'd like to email us, it's hello at propertymatters.co.uk. Property Matters is also available as a podcast on our website via the uh, biggest podcast platforms also every Monday from 10am. We have a special guest with us this week. We're delighted to welcome our usual uh, property expert, of course, Joe Joshi, and our residential lettings and sales uh, expert, Cam Cara. So, gentlemen, welcome. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for that lovely, kind uh, um, introduction. And um, welcome back to uh, Cam. Um, Cam is, of course, our expert who's They've been enjoying the uh, Outer Hebrides, the Bahamas, London, Paris, New York, all over the world, traveling. And um, we've finally managed to put a hook on him and say, look, come and join us back and tell us what's happening in the letting world. So that's where Cam will be actually supporting and helping us. And so welcome back, Cam. And uh, I hope you're not leaving very soon again to do your globe trotting. Thank you. I'm back now. And uh, it's amazing to be back. Thank you for inviting me for the show. As always, it's amazing to talk to um, uh, Mr. Joshi for his expert advice on auctions and uh, lovely host Paul Allen. No, thank you very much. It's great to have you with us again. And uh, just before we get into our three specific stories, as we normally do, and we'd love to get your expertise on these, and we've got a, a lettings and landlords focus on the show for for you, obviously today. Uh, but you're 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 with Ellis and Co, the sales and lettings company. You've been with them for a long, long time. Ellisandco.co.uk. Just tell us a little bit about the business, and um, and in particular, I'm interested to find out. Obviously, uh, agents and um, and lettings agents have had a great time over the last couple of years. Things have been very, very rosy but we're all buttoning down the the hatchet of the, the hatches for the next couple of years because it's going to be pretty tough I hear yes uh, I believe um, everything has got its own ups and downs and looks like it the lettings industry has been hit by a lot of uh, interesting legislation so-called from the uh, beautiful government looks like it now a uh, lot of legislations which has been in favor of the landlord and tenants uh, is, is is becoming quite questionable, um, especially to do with the uh, interest rates. Uh, as we all know, it's not very easy for landlords to manage. The property prices are getting affected a lot. Uh, the rental prices are going high, which is becoming practically impossible for tenants and landlords to manage and, 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 and try and come up with a, a, a balance whereby landlords can uh, try to organize uh, continuing with the property while they hold on to the investment and tenants can uh, work out a very reasonable kind of rental payment on a monthly basis. This is exactly what we are facing in the current uh, difficult world whereby landlords are facing it very, very difficult to manage their expenses, which is ultimately resulting in uh, hike, hiking up the rental prices. For sure. And that's really where our stories start this week, um, Cam and uh, Joe, because uh, uh, landlords set to pass on mortgage rate hikes to tenants. A high number of buy-to-let landlords, says this article this week, um, 
will be passing on higher mortgage payment borrowings and the costs of that are going on to the tenants, so says new research. The cost of remortgaging has soared in recent months, of course, with many landlords looking at the rates starting from around 5%, leaving them with little alternative to, to increase rates to satisfy the lender's mortgage borrowing conditions and also to ensure that they're able to afford the monthly repayments. According to the latest Land Bay quarterly survey, almost 7 in 10, 68% of landlords, plan to raise rents if their mortgage rate goes up when they come to remortgage. In the coming 12 months, 44% of landlords say that they expect to increase rent by 6 to 10% if their mortgage rate increases. Of those who intend to raise rents, 70% will do so for both new and existing tenants. Whilst 19% of respondents were still unsure about their plans, 13% said no to any increases, just 13%. The main reasons against strong rental yields and also, of course, keeping hold of good long-standing tenants. And there's the, the issue for the landlords, isn't it, really, Cam? Because, you know, you've got a good tenant in your property and you're getting a reasonable yield. You don't want to upset the apple cart and lose them and maybe end up with, with, with a problem tenant. So what do you do? Do you, do you just swallow the cost or how, do you, how, do you, how, how are your landlords seeing it? That's exactly the challenge that we all are facing as agents and also as landlords, uh, which has become a most talking point uh, in the current day and age, really. Government is definitely not making it easy for the landlord uh, to continue with their investment portfolio or uh, or renting their property out with the current rental investment, what they are achieving. The increase in mortgage rate doesn't really help uh, the landlord in any way, because if they have to pay higher rate every given month, how would they normally manage up to uh, their expenses really? I mean, the, the, the main question here is to understand if the rent are not going to be increased, what will happen to the void which the landlord is going to face going forward? Uh, the, the, the mortgage companies will continue to increase uh, the monthly payment for the landlord, which is what is becoming very, very challenging. In my understanding, it is paramount for the government to step in now and try and make it slightly easier for the landlord uh, in, 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 in one way or the other. I mean, how they can do it, what they can do it, they are the ones who come up with the option of increasing the, increasing the mortgage rate. They are the ones to come up with the option of increasing the uh, tax liability for the landlord. There are a lot of changes that has happened in the last uh, couple of years, which has gone negative towards the landlord. And now landlords are stuck with a position where how they manage their expenses and how they can continue renting their property to the uh, to, to, to the tenants without hiking up the uh, rental rates uh, is 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 what becoming it is what what is becoming very very challenging for every single person. Um, what can landlord really do? I mean, majority of the landlord have no financial incentive or benefit to evict tenants without a good reason. If they don't go for a, a rental increase, then what will happen to 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 the void that they that, that they're going to accumulate over over a period of time? Ultimately, they will have to make a decision where they want to keep the property. Uh, with with taking negative equity going forward, or increase the rent and and put tenants at risk, whereby the income is not going up on a monthly basis. Uh, on an average, we have noticed that tenants would have to pay give or take two three hundred pounds more a month uh, to uh, match up with the current mortgage interest rates increase in interest rates, and 
two three hundred pounds a month is not really a normal increase that we have ever come across in the last 10 years uh, which I'm very sure all of you guys will agree and and this is what the biggest challenge every landlord is facing as to what to do at this stage whereby a government intervention is very very much needed Yes, it's interesting that uh, that uh, research from BVA BDRC, which was done for the National Residential Landlords Association, they say that 63% of landlords that have buy-to-let mortgages on at least one property of this group, 29% uh, plan to remortgage at least one property over the next year. And the Bank of England estimates that by the end of next year, monthly repayments for buy-to-let landlords are expected to rise by exactly the figure you said, 175. It also warned that a fifth of landlords with such a mortgage will face increases of over £300 per month. So, Joe, what are you what are you hearing from landlords and what are you suggesting to fellow landlords that they should do in these circumstances? Because it's far hard to swallow another £300 a month. Well, it's not just the £300 a month that they're having to sort of take on board. It's also all the utility costs that have gone up as well. But the first thing here is about the mortgage rate and the fact that they've got to, um, you know, the landlords are in a real real cross-fire cross, cross uh, situation. They, they want to keep the tenants, but of course what they don't want to do is actually end up almost paying for the privilege of keeping the tenants because as the rates have gone up, they are now having to pay that. Um, and um, it's causing uh, a huge problem. Of course, the next part is going to be evicting them. Um, and on what grounds does somebody get evicted? And, and, and where do they go if they are going to get evicted? It's back to the council for perhaps getting rehoused. And the council, what they don't realise is actually reliant on these small landlords in the first place to provide the accommodation that they need for the families that are actually on their list. So it's a bit of a vicious circle. The question is really what can the government do well, the answer is the government aren't going to do anything because they have, you know, over the last, what, three or four years now with the pandemic, only but, you know, thrown money at all the people. And they've just come to a point where they're just saying, we just don't have the money to be able to offer you this or offer you that. Even now, if you look at all the strikes that have been going on, you know, they've gone on longer than you think and not one really has been settled. Um, on the basis that they've managed to make an agreement out of it. So, you know, it, we are in a very, very um, precarious situation at this moment in time when you've got this scenario going on where the government can't offer anything. Um, and, of course, the banks, uh, Bank of England and all lenders are pushing their rates up. And the tenant, because obviously, you know, they are the end, end game, are now in a, in a position where they've got to pay more money. But if they're not earning enough, you know, it's not going to happen. So I don't, I don't see a very um, good solution right now here on that. And the reason for that is because the government's hands are tied. I mean, I know we go back to them and say, you know, they've got to do something. But at the end of the day, they also can only do so much. And they did a lot at the pandemic. People, people had the benefit of that. Um, and now we're paying the price for it. Now, I, I, I agree with Cam, obviously, you know, there are, there are things that they've got to do and the, the rates were really low earlier on and they are now at such a level that it's become um, unattainable. But even if they were to kick the tenant out, um, you know, and then want to sell their property, on the sales side of things, it's not as if it's, you know, buoyant either because to a large extent, those first-time buyers that are looking to get those mortgages are struggling to get the mortgages based on their incomes and based on their facilities and their means. So, yeah, I think we're just going to have to, you know, 
sit tight is probably the only thing I can actually really see for the next 18 months and let it sort of pan its way through. I don't think there is actually one single solution that comes to my mind, Paul. Yeah, because it's not exactly the case that even if you sat there taking a, a sort of negative equity on your rent every month ba based against your costs, you could at least in the in the old days, you could have said, well, at least the value of the property is going up. But of course, the property prices having boomed in recent months and the last couple of years are now starting to, to ease off. So you can't even say that you've got that uh, additional benefit. But Cam, I suppose the, the, the point that many people would make is, well, the rest of us have had uh, shocking increases when we've had to remortgage on our mortgages. Why are renters any more special? They're just facing the same costs as everybody else, aren't they? Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, there should not be uh, disparity in any, any anybody's income or payment as such. But uh, th there has to be certain some sort of limitation as to how much you can push the rental income or how much you should be pushing the mortgage uh, repayments for the landlord. Everyone has to have their balance of income. Uh, uh, eventually, if, if, if landlord is not able to afford paying the mortgage on a monthly basis and if tenant is not able to afford that sort of increase what do we do there has to be some sort of solution i totally agree and understand with uh, uh with, with with joe uh when he says that there is so much government can do at the end of the day yes uh, we can't expect everything uh, a government to move a magic wand and change everything overnight but saying that it is very very important for the government to intervene at some point because if this problem is not attended uh, immediately in the next six months to a year's time, this may lead to uh, a, a massive housing crisis is what we all can see. And we can see a lot of people are living on the streets. Uh, if people can't afford to pay the rent and evictions will have to go through, uh, a lot of tenants would have to go through evictions and a lot of property may be repossessed. Uh, uh, with, with the current legislation, the government has made it very, very difficult for investors to invest uh, on a property because there is no capital growth. Landlords cannot see any capital growth. They can't see uh, a consistent rental in income coming to their account. So what do they do if the landlord is not looking to invest and offer their property in the market for rental purposes? How would tenants find properties to rent? I mean, ultimately, there has to be some sort of balance which needs to be proposed from the government side is what I strongly feel. Uh, at, at the end, it, it is quite important in, in, in terms of rental income, which landlord is, is currently suffering, where, whereby we have noticed that a lot of tenants are not able to afford the rent. We, we are going through eviction in our own office currently, and we have applied for the um, a court notice in November 2022. And the next date of hearing we have received from the court is June 23. This goes on saying that even the courts are not able to cope up with the number of evictions that that, that is currently going through with them. Uh, the landlord is suffering definitely because uh, the rent is not being paid on time. This current particular landlord we are talking about is in arrears for almost i believe if i remember the figures correctly eight to nine thousand pound and for a normal landlord to be in such a big arrears and uh, a, a government to expect to keep paying the mortgage on a timely manner is not going to be possible so there has to be some sort of balance in my understanding whereby government may have to come up with a plan where to to, to ease out the mortgage payments to the landlord if they have to continue increasing the rent or mortgage rates for there's a massive headache here joe isn't there because at the end of the day um 
the research says that landlords, 30% of landlords plan to cut the size of their portfolio in 2023. It's the highest level of planned disinvestment seen for more than six years. Just 9% said they were going to plan to increase their portfolio over the next 12 months. It's well known that we've already got a shortage of rental properties and a shortage of housing in general. This is just going to make a huge problem, as Cam was saying, for the government. Yes, it is. Um, but, you know, I, I have to say that we can't continue to ask the government for a handout. It's, and and uh, yeah, that's, that is right the way across the board. It is causing a problem. What you have to understand, it's a bit like running your own home, Paul. You've got a certain amount of income coming in and you can only decide what you can spend on and what you can't. And the government is no different in that situation, in my, in my mind. And yes, maybe they're overspent at the pandemic. But if they hadn't done that in the pandemic, they would have been wrong and that would have that would have caused a problem. You know, at the end of the day, they turn around and say, well, we want, you know, more, more money from for ambulance workers and so forth and nurses. Yes, they deserve it, but it's only going to come from the taxes they're collecting. So if the taxes aren't being collected and we're not actually doing anything. It's just a vicious circle. So I, I, I hear everybody that the government has to do something. The only thing they can do probably is reduce the tax liability but they increase the tax liabilities in order to collect the money to pay for the things in the first place. So, you know, we're not, we're not going to get anywhere very far in this, um, this whole, whole situation. But um, the answer, as I said, in my mind at the moment, Paul, is, 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 is really to, to park and, and stay still. Kicking people out of, the, out of the flats doesn't work. I understand landlords are owed money. I think I've always said it. You know, the answer, the communication is the answer to the problem and everybody needs to have a conversation with each other and work out a deal that makes it work for all parties internally where possible. But there's no secret solution in this. And the problem is, and I've said this before on our show, but, you know, before Cam joined us, and I, that is that we have had a double whammy and, and that double whammy is what's caused this problem. It's the fact that we've had all the utilities, when you think that BP and Shell have just announced billions and I mean billions and billions worth of profit in a time kind, maybe they're the ones that need to come back to the table and say, you know what, we made all this money on the back of the fact that you guys are really having a tough time. We'll give some of this back to the government, which they can share out and maybe we'll continue to go around. But they're not gonna do that, are they, Paul? They're not they're gonna say, Well, that's our, our money, we're not gonna share that with you. Um, so in the meantime, you know, there's no actual solution uh, that I can see that will make it work. All I can think is that, and I advise my clients that come to see me, is that you just got to work together with what you've got and stay with it. It will come back. We know that. We know that um, that in the 40 odd years or 50 years or whatever we did the last uh, calculation, Paul, we know that only five times have we had a, a, a sort of a reversal situation or, or a bad situation out of the 50 uh, years that we would, we've been in the property side of things. So, you know, it is just one of those scenarios that we're going to have to work together. I can't, I just, you know, and I'm a fairly positive guy, but I, I can't see the solution. So the only solution is to stay put. I have to say, there seems, a, there seems a simple solution, and that is that the one that Nala is calling for, and also, interestingly, and get this name, the Cross-Party Leveling Up Housing and Community Select Committee. That's quite a mouthful. 
Both of them and Nala are both saying, look, it's very simple. All you need to do is just to review all these punitive tax measures you've put on landlords, ease them up a bit to make it a little bit more of an incentive. Uh, and then you'll have landlords staying in the sector and indeed investing in the sector and you'll have more properties to rent. Surely that's a simple way. Yes, of course, they're not going to take as much tax, but <laughs> surely, you know, getting people into homes is has got to be something that's uh, that's really important. What's your view, Cam? Absolutely. This is exactly what uh, the, the, the government uh, needs to step up their game and understand all the changes they have made recently in the last few years, which has been kind of more against the landlords of paying more taxes in all the fronts. It's not just about uh, increasing mortgage rates. It's about paying more uh, a tax on a rental a rental income. It's, 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 it's a lot of the landlords have been hit by on various fronts, uh, which is what the main issue for the landlords are at this current moment in time. And this is what we are trying to understand as to how government can slightly balance and make it more favoring in front of the landlord, really. Um, if the landlord is being so harsh, they have to be, uh, it, 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 it has to be very, very understanding here that if the landlord would like to keep increasing the taxes and other bits and pieces for the landlord, um, if the government would, would, would increase all these taxes and percentages, uh, mortgage percentages for the landlord, how would they expect landlords to come in and invest in properties if the small landlords are not investing in properties? The housing crisis will become bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, the, the, the big landlords, OK, I understand a lot of big landlords may not have to face this kind of problem whereby they have a lot of alternative incomes apart from property income, whereby they can mix and match their potential of carrying on with the current property. But just if, if we try and take a step backwards and understand uh, how many of small landlords will be affected by this tax increase and how many of the small landlords will be affected by uh, a, a mortgage rate increase. Uh, small landlords I'm talking about who have got one or two properties and those kind of properties and those kind of landlords is what we need to understand and try and make a bit more lucrative for them so they can keep coming into the market, buying those small one and two properties and keep offering it back to the market to say, yes, uh, as a collective measure, this is what we have to offer to the market. And, and, and I believe, uh, I completely and totally agree with Joe Joshi here to understand that, yes, the government can only do so much. But at the same time, it's also very important to understand what do we do to protect these landlords from selling the property? Because if they can't keep their rental income consistently coming in uh, and if the property is being sold on the market at a lower price and there is always a negative equity at some point or the other, what could be done? to keep these landlords going and carrying on with their expenses if they only have one or two property portfolios and how can they assist the tenants who are defaulting on their mortgage there has to be some sort of solution which is what we have done in the past every time a, a, a big crisis comes up some sort of solution has to be presented in the market from the government side which is more balanced for the landlords and tenants if a solution is proposed in the market which is more balanced for tenants uh, or is more balanced for landlords it's not going to work at this moment in time it will be very very difficult for anyone to carry on paying a high mortgage and expect low rent in return 
And there has to be a proper balanced solution from the landlords to say, yes, this is what we are offering in the market to boost confidence of the landlords, uh, 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 offering a, a eviction on no-fault tenancies, uh, a ban on no-fault tenancies, and, 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 and changing the entire concept of tenancy agreement going forward. All of these little legislation will affect the landlord uh, in a very big way, especially the small landlords. So it's very important to understand what would be the right course of action whereby uh, equal and balanced approach can be given to the landlords and tenants uh, to come up with a kind of balanced ground, in my opinion, Paul. It's interesting because our second story follows on from that and it goes back to the Leveling Up Housing and Communities Committee report which examined the government's proposed reforms on the rental sector and issued several recommendations and the government now has two months to respond to this. So they were saying that abolishing of fixed-term tenancies and repealing Section 21 would undoubtedly give tenants greater security of tenure but the proposed sales and possessions grounds could create a backdoor to no-fault evictions. But I just want to uh, read you something in the text which gives a sense of how they view landlords uh, versus tenants. So they said, we recognise that the majority of private landlords are responsible and have no desire for financial or financial incentive to evict tenants without a good reason. And for those landlords, Section 21 feels like an indispensable means of evicting bad tenants. But the blight of unfair eviction and insecurity of tenure experienced by too many tenants today can only be remedied by its repeal. We remain concerned, however, that the proposed sales and occupation grounds, as currently designed, could be too easily exploited by banned landlords and become uh, a backdoor to no-fault evictions. So the suggestion is here is that... They recognise there are some good landlords, but they they seem frustrated that there are so many bad ones and it's difficult to police them. It's almost like they're saying they don't want the small landlords because they're too much of a problem. Yes, uh, there is always pros and cons cons for everything and no fault eviction ban has been on cards for quite a few years now. it comes back to the same question, even if there is a change in legislation whereby uh, tenancy agreement, whereby the, the, the government is giving more security to the tenants to live in the property, with the increasing mortgage and with uh, a, a not so sort of balanced rental income potential for the landlord, how would they manage to carry on paying the rent on a timely basis? And if the tenants are not paying the rent, eventually they will default, which will come back to the same um, uh, question of of, 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 a, of a eviction on the basis of rental arrears. I mean, today, in a general scenario, how many landlords actually give notice on a no-fault tenancy? If you look at the percentage of the actual number of landlords giving notice to their tenants is is very, very and extremely low. Landlords have absolutely no incentive to get the tenants out of the property because it's 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 not easy for any landlord to uh, uh, keep the property empty for, 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 especially if it's a buy to let, whether it's a small landlord or a big landlord, if the property is empty, it's not generating any income for the landlord. Why would a landlord would, would like to keep the property empty? And, and, and banning no-fault eviction defies the purpose in my opinion uh, and, and and it's not solving any 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 kind of question for the government or for the landlord in any shape or form uh, the, the the fault 
uh, the major fault and major eviction question that we currently face is rental arrears. And, and that's the question which needs to be addressed uh, by far the most, in my opinion. Uh, uh, banning a no-fault tenancy is not going to uh, assist landlords or tenants in any way, because if a tenancy is going smooth, whereby landlord is getting rent on a timely manner, there is no problem. Most of the landlords would like to carry on these kind of tenancies for as long as they can. Uh, maybe, yes, I'm not saying not all the landlords are same or not all the tenants are same. Sometimes landlords would have their own reasons to get the property back, but the percentage of those landlords are very, very low as compared to the bigger picture when you see in the market. I mean, if, if out of every hundred property or out of every thousand properties, you're talking about one or two properties giving notice on, on, on those grounds, and there are majority of the tenants are given notice on rent default section, then what is the main question here for the government to address for? My thoughts on that really are, as, as I said earlier on, it's about you know what can can be done and um, um, what can the government do as, as an intervention. I mean, I was going to say to Cam, in in his opinion, what if he if he was uh, the chap who was asked to make a decision as to what 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 would he do? What would you recommend to the government that would make your landlords stay in the game? and perhaps keep the tenants. Now on the section 21 and, and the no fault eviction situation, that I think is, you know, uh, it's such a small amount, but I think they're using a sledgehammer to sort of crack a nut really, um, and is actually putting a lot of ordinary people into jeopardy. So that, that doesn't really make sense. And I've always been not happy with the abolition of the section 21. What I've always said is that the section 21 could have a slight amendment to it you know, there could be a section 21A, which allows certain things to be, but not actually completely get rid of it and, and then come up with something that means that the tenant is protected. The problem most landlords have at this moment in time, and the reason why they want to exit, is because the tenant has now got the upper hand in pretty much everything that they do. And so once they're in, it's a job and a half to get them out. And that's what's keeping people away from um, being in the business of uh, buy to let because they know that it's causing a huge problem. But um, I, I, I think that um, the government needs to sort of rethink about its Section 21 situation for starters. Um, and it also needs to think about what they can offer, maybe even a short term over the next couple of years, some sort of tax break so that it allows people to sort of get back on an even keel. Um, yes, I agree, something has to be done. I'm just you know, concern that there's not much that they can do because they just don't have the money. Absolutely right. Joe has made some very interesting and valid points here by saying that uh, what would government or what should government do to counteract this kind of problem? In my understanding, the most important step the government should do uh, if this question is asked to me, is to boost confidence of the landlords, boost confidence of the small landlords, or boost confidence of a, a, a medium-scale landlords. I'm not talking about landlords who has got hundreds and thousands of properties, uh, but I'm talking about landlords who have got like five to ten properties. Those, those, that percentage of landlord constitute the majority of UK uh, a, as compared to uh, a, a bigger landlords. A bigger landlord will only control certain percentage of the market, but the small landlords do control the majority of the market and to boost their confidence uh, by 
uh, coming up with slight some some something favorable uh, for them and not coming up with very harsh legislation like abolishing section 21 because these these are very small things uh from from government perspective what they can think of but at the end of the day this is not assisting landlord and giving them confidence to invest in future if a section 21 is abolished landlord a new landlord will think 100 times before investing in a property and and this is what we are trying to understand that what is the logical reasoning behind abolishing section 21 because the number of eviction uh, on the basis of section 21 uh, on a no fault tenancy as it is does not constitute a bigger percentage in the uk uh, the fault evictions are the bigger ones which is what we need to understand how to counteract that problem and how a tenant can be assisted so there are so the faults can be reduced uh, 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 more to, to train the tenants uh, in in a lot of different ways like if a, if a if a tenant is facing some sort of problem in their personal life yes communication is amazing I understand but uh, a deposit protection solution came in uh, with the fact that a lot of agents were running away with the with with, with with the with the tenants deposit and a lot of landlords were running away with the tenants deposit so government has to step in to legalize the protection of deposit and this is exactly what we are requesting and would like to highlight to the government that if a tenant is not just the deposit tenants are worried about there are a lot of other things that tenants are worried about and it is time now whereby government can step in and come up with come up with a lot of small scale help that they can offer not financially necessarily there's a lot of other helps that can be offered to the tenants to understand yes these are the problems we are facing and this is a committee that has been formed just like a deposit protection committee to protect the deposit this is the committee that has been formed uh, which will be run purely on the basis of landlords and tenants and not by a third party and if a tenant has a problem that can be addressed by that particular government by, by that particular committee just like the deposit is being governed by dps uh paul it's interesting isn't it that the uh, government uh, put in the proposed sales and occupations grounds as an alternative to soften the blow of losing section 21 um but what they've now realized i think and what i'm reading between the lines with this particular report is they suddenly thought ah now with loads of landlords suddenly selling up properties we don't want them evicting tenants on the basis that they're going to get rid of the property. So we want to make it hard for them to sell the property. So they're suggesting, for example, that the period that landlords that could use sales and occupations grounds for eviction should be doubled to a year, and the notice period served to tenants should rise from two to four months. The period landlords cannot market or, 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 or re-let the property should rise from three months to six months after using the above ground. And in the case of sales grounds, encourage landlords to sell with sitting tenants added that fixed term tenancies should be retained for student housing and landlords in this space uh, and they should shine up to uh, a government approved government approved codes of conduct so it's almost like joe they found that oh hang on a minute we've put this thing in here where we could have uh, a, 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 a grounds to sell the property so then we can just dump the tenant that way um and and, and of course with loads more landlords wanting to sell because it's just not making any financial sense anymore they're trying to shut the back door that they created, aren't they? Yes, because they, look, the, the the long and the short of it is that they've caused themselves a huge issue by doing this. And if they uh, if they allow landlords to evict these people quickly, those tenants are going to end up at the local government's offices and say, "I am homeless." And 
because they are the ones that are making it difficult to the landlords, landlords no longer want to um, give the properties to the local council who have now got to find more, pre more homes for homeless people. As I said earlier on, it's a complete vicious circle and somewhere something will have to give for the landlords to stay in the game. At the moment, it is not attractive. That's why corporate landlords are coming into this. You know, over the, over the um, program we've now covered when uh, corporates uh, have decided to buy into what we call build to rent situation because they would rather have a whole block that they can rent. But even those then become ghettos and yes, they can get some sort of subsidy from the government. And what, maybe that's what's happening. Maybe the big guys are trying to push the little guys out and by saying, yeah, it's just too expensive and too silly. But there's not enough new or big guys building or bringing them in. And if they are, they're not in the areas that people want to live. Yes, it's good to have a block of brand new 200 flats, perhaps in the middle of Birmingham. But if you're living in South End on Sea, you don't particularly want to go to Birmingham. <laughs> you know, you, you want to be within your family. You have, there is a moral obligation for families and, and people to live within a distance. If they've got an elderly one, how can they look after them sitting on the other side? So there's, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty of what's actually going on in this. But what is for sure is made people stop and think about what they want to do invest. And I've been an advocate throughout our time for making sure that people invest in property because it is the best form of investment they can have. But at this precise moment in time, the government isn't assisting. It's not assisting because it's actually spent so much money elsewhere. And the problem is the system can be eased. Our levelling up chap, who seems to know everything about levelling up, but actually doesn't know anything about it because he hasn't actually even got himself involved in any property or doesn't do any letting. He's just trying to tell everybody how to do it. And what I see is the government is now trying to tell everybody how to run their life. And, you know, that's OK if they, want, if they feel that they can pay for it, but they can't. So they've got to accept that people have got to get on. Somebody may not want to keep a, a property rented out because they no longer can afford to pay for the tenant to live in the property uh, because the mortgage rate's gone up. So they have the right to sell. They have the right to, to get themselves sorted out. And the government is what they're trying to do is say, you don't have the right to do that because, you know, legislation says this guy's got to stay here. Why? Because they haven't got somewhere to put that person in the first place. <laughs> so, you know, something has to give soon. The report says the government would like landlords with smaller portfolios to leave the sector. The paper said that the only certainty was that the government does not know what it wants the private rented sector to do and what role it wants to play in the wider housing mix. Um, uh, and in particular, it's difficult not to suspect, given the changes in how the buy-to-let sector is taxed, that the government would like landlords with smaller portfolios to leave the sector because they're literally making it punitive for them. So we'll leave that point there. But I just then wanted to talk about the last point. And, and uh, Cam, you touched on this earlier on. You talked about how long it's taken to go through the courts. The report also suggests that there should be, because of the volume of claims that are coming up, and this is before the abolition of Section 21, so the suggestion is that we should have a specialist housing court. Um, the report called for the establishment of a specialist housing court as the surest way of unblocking the housing court process. Well, you said something like seven or eight months one landlord was waiting, Cam. Do you think a specialist housing court's what's needed or what's your thoughts? Um, yes, that is certainly a very big concern for the landlords as to how they can protect their 
income when they are waiting for the court hearing date if a tenant has not paid x number of months of rent as it is the landlord is panicking at a panic stage and to make their ends meet is becoming very difficult and waiting for the court order or waiting for the possession orders uh, and to get the tenants evicted from the property just because the government has no house to give them does not mean that the landlord should be penalized i mean this is exactly what we are trying to understand as to how uh, uh, landlords can be ignored from the government point of view, uh, especially bearing the fact that they are the one who provides, uh, who would actually invest their own hard-earned money to provide housing to the market and to the tenants, and, and, and they are not doing much. The government is not doing much to protect their income. Uh, the, the housing court, coming back to your question, whether it's going to help or not, in my understanding, it, there has to be some sort of revolutionary change how uh, protection of income can be offered to the landlord. Maybe uh, 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 instead of a housing court, uh, uh, insurance firms should be set up by the government whereby uh, by default, every rent can be registered on an insurance portal which a tenant is paying and uh, that particular insurance company can guarantee the rental depending on what kind of tenancy is going in the property and in case of default the insurance company can provide some sort of support to the landlord and to the tenants at the same time court will be court at the end of the day if uh, a, a, a separate court has been established and if they are bombarded with number of evictions on arrears grounds, how would government propose to support those tenants uh, who would be made homeless in the next two to four or maybe six months time? So there has to be some sort of permanent solution as to why and how to protect uh, these tenants from getting evicted, uh, how a landlord's income can be protected, is there an insurance product which is available in the market that can be used by the government, or can government come up with some sort of solution to protect landlord's income and advise on tenants could be the way forward, in my opinion, rather than forming a a, a, a court which can be bombarded with number of eviction in future if, if this, these all terms are not met. The uh, report, Joe, is quite um, swathing uh, in the way that it talks about the fact that the government doesn't really understand how undermining an unreformed court system could be because you make all these new rules and new laws and then you can't even get in the court to have it proved or disproved. So they don't even realise that they need to reform the court system as much as they are the, the, the rules. And they also believe that the rules they're making are going to be difficult to prove in a court um, in the first place. So, so there's a lot of muddy water here and a lot of concern. And they're also suggesting that maybe uh, a property ombudsman that's specifically for rented property and for landlords would be a first port of call before going to a court. What's your thoughts on that, Joe? To be honest with you, you can have so many courts and so many property ombudsmen and so it's just a bit of a job for the boys, to be honest with you. And I, I and, and that's just unnecessary cost and expense. I, I tend to go with uh, Cam's thought that some sort of um, protection policy should be put in place, which would allow people at least the comfort of guaranteeing a rent when things fall out or fall in arrears and so on. there are there are i mean i think uh, some of the big companies like direct line are offering you know after a certain period you can actually insure against bad debt and that sort of stuff and maybe that's what needs to be sort of put across the board uh, just generally to everybody and not a specific situation 
this is not something that's going to go away in a hurry. It is, it is a looming little time bomb that's waiting to be going off, and it's going to cause a lot of problems. And the problem is, where does the, where does the buck stop? It stops, unfortunately, at the footsteps and the doorsteps of the agents, because people are going to come back to us time and time again and say, this is the problem, this is the problem. And nobody wants to pay for that service. They want it all for love. Um, landlords obviously will tell you that they uh, are now not making any money. So, you know, the charitable trust of Ellison Co. and Joe Joshi's Benevolent Fund will probably have to have to start to foot the bill for the for the uh, for the carefully elected advice. Uh, and when that is given wrong, it'll be our fault in the first place that we didn't advise them correctly. So, all I say is going forward, be careful of the words that we choose, the people that we support. Um, but the reality of it is that it's not going to go in a hurry. Uh, we'll be talking more and more about this in the coming weeks, I'm sure. We will indeed. And uh, on that note, I think we need to wrap up as we've gone past uh, our time, allotted time. It's been a fascinating conversation. And thanks, Carl, for, again, for coming in and joining us today. We didn't even get to our third story, but we, we've run out of time. But um, So Ellison Co. Sales and Lettings, ellisonco.co.uk, based in the Harrow office, I believe, Cam? and Stanmore as well. So you can find them online at ellisonco.co.uk. Joe, Cam, thank you so much indeed for joining us for Property Matters. It's been a fascinating chat. I'm sure we'll come back to this topic in future weeks. <music>